You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, April 30th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or my more pop culture slant of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, Inverse, Play Disgusting, and more, and hopefully many more to come. Of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you guys can check out and follow the third page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those accounts and interact. And I'd love to respond to you and maybe even respond to you here on the show. As I've been saying a lot lately, send me some five-star reviews if you don't mind on the Apple Podcasts app and write in the description of your review if you so choose, maybe a question or whatever. I'm planning on reading a bunch of them uh, at a later date, maybe next week or something like that. So if you guys want to be on the show, that is one way you can do it. And for today's episode, guys, it is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week, this Saturday, specifically at 8.40 p.m. uh, to get in on the action. Going to be talking over the Giants game, uh, doing a live watch along at the beginning. Maybe maybe might even pop in there at the end of the game, too. But be be sure to check me out on there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And today's episode, guys, we are continuing my chat with Mr. Aram Layton of the old Locked On MLB Prospects podcast and Locked On Marlins 2, where we, he talks about some of his his favorite rookies this year so far, a conversation that is absolutely inspired by certain rookies that are doing well on the Miami Marlins right now. So he was very uh, excited to talk about that. But that's going to be only two segments. So what is the third one? That's right, you're stuck with me at the beginning. And unlike previous episodes, basically for the last... I don't know, weeks, it feels like. What I usually do is I recap the previous game, but we didn't have a game yesterday. The Padres are off. So instead, I just want to talk about a couple guys, three guys specifically. One guy I think that has been performing about expectation. One guy that I think has been performing well above expectations. And one guy I think has been underperforming uh, expectations. Something tells me the latter most. You guys are going to have an idea of what we're going to do there. And then... We're going to kick it off to Aram. So not a crazy, hefty podcast today, but still one that I hope you guys enjoy. So let's get into it. I'd say we should start with guys that I think are performing about exactly as I expected. And basically the biggest one, I would say, is Jake the Rake, the surprise breakout rookie of last year's team so far this year on the season, just his basic stat line. He's batting 260 with a 345 on base and a slugging percentage of 396. The last number probably isn't the most exciting, and his StatCast metrics are supporting that. It's that his hard hit rate and his average exit velocity is among the lowest in the league. He isn't hitting the ball particularly hard. However, he has made up for it with being one of the premier contact players in the league, 98 percentile in terms of whiff percentage and in K percentage, which is one of the things that a lot of people liked about Cronenworth coming up from uh, the farm system is the guy just doesn't strike out a lot. 
a 16.2% K rate, which is very, very low. It's up a tad bit from last year's 15.6%. And in general, just comparing his numbers to last year, he finished with a batting average last year of 285 with a 354 on base. Basically, Cronenworth has just been... Honestly, exactly as I expected, and a really good defender, too. He's actually in the 96th percentile in terms of as above average. And, of course, what isn't measured into some of those metrics is the fact that he can play multiple positions. He hasn't had to yet since this Padres team is very deep. He hasn't had to go and move over to shortstop or second base or what have you, or even first base because also Eric Hosmer has been healthy. Uh, so he hasn't been able to do that. But in general, Jake the Rake is exactly that. Uh, I noticed on Padres Twitter, there is literally a Twitter account called the Jake... Uh, Cronenworth whiff tonight or something like that and it will just tweet out like no 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 because for the first like week or so of the season I think he only whiffed on like two pitches all season and expectedly so he uh, started whiffing a little bit more started striking out a little bit more it wasn't until the second game of the D-back series from two days ago when he hit that solo shot in a pinch hitting situation that really kind of broke his slump that he'd been in. And that's what I actually, to just pat myself on the back real quick, I kind of predicted. I think Jake Cronenworth is just the definition of solid. And he's a great defender. And he's the type of guy that you need on teams that are hoping to go far. These random prospects that come up and are just useful. Is he a super duper star? No. Is he ever going to be a super duper star? I don't know, but even if he isn't, his current numbers that he puts up is what makes the Padres so good. If this is his peak, I'm cool with that. Is he going to hit more than like 20 home runs in a season? The possibility is that he might not. He might not even hit more than like maybe 12 or 13, but if he can just be, like I've said many times before, and a lot of people have made this comparison already, if he could just be a Ben Zobris of some sort, that'd be great. Ground ball percentage is down this year, I've noticed which is kind of cool, and I love Jake the Rake. Jake the Rake is one of the more underrated guys on this team, I think, for a lot of people. He's just the he's just the meat and potatoes guy, and hopefully he can keep it up. And now, guys, because remember, this is only the first segment of the podcast, I want to speed it up a little bit. I want to talk about now a guy that I think has been performing above expectations. And my pick for that right now... It's funny because I actually was going back and forth between three separate guys, and the two guys that I didn't end up choosing were Eric Hosmer and Ryan Weathers. The latter of the two I didn't choose because I just talked with Arab like two days ago about Ryan Weathers, so you guys can go pick that podcast just for content's sake. I didn't want to talk about him. And then in terms of the former, he's been good so far in terms of his basic stat line. He's batting really, really well right now. Batting 299 with a 361 on base, 443 slugging, uh, three home runs, 16 RBIs. The RBIs being, believe it or not, a thing that tells the tale in this situation. It often doesn't tell a tale, but I think it does say that he's been one of the best producers in the clutch for the Padres this season and driving in runs, whether it be against the Dodgers and tying the game in the bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth in the case of this past weekend series. Uh, he's been great in that respect, but still some of the things suggest he might, maybe he's reverting a little bit. His ground ball percentage is up a lot from last year. Actually, it's back to 60% around there uh, versus last year, which was around 47%, which was below definitely for sure what his career average was. So I don't know. I could argue that ground ball thing is proving that, yeah, Eric Hosmer is performing about as expected to a degree. I do think he's going to start hitting a little bit of a slump, especially with the walk rates and stuff like that, but we'll see how that points out. Instead, I want to go to Mr. Wilmai, the baseball guy. Yes, my favorite guy almost to talk about on this podcast in general, who I had not been... I mean, he is having such a career renaissance right now, and every single time I keep watching him at bat, I love his new batting stance, but even still, heading into this year, 
despite the batting stance, despite some of the narrative stuff about how, you know, he doesn't have to be the number one guy anymore. So maybe it's a mental thing in his breakout in his age 29 season last year in 2020. I still wasn't necessarily buying it because he'd had great stretches before. And this year... I have to admit he's performing above expectations for me. I really do. Uh, so far, he's batting 267 with a 360 on base and a 480 slugging percentage. He's always had power for sure. And on top of that, he has four steals, which is more than he had all of last year, which was a little bit surprising. I know that he has the speed, so maybe actually... Maybe it isn't surprising. I would argue that out of all the things that Myers has done so far this year, that him stealing more bases is the least surprising, considering that the Padres were at the top of the league in stolen bases last year and that he didn't steal many. Not very surprised to see him running a little bit more. But in terms of his basic numbers... I'm surprised at how little he is chasing pitches, 78th percentile in terms of chase rate. His walk percentage is up a whole lot, basically around the same as it was last year. K percentage, about as expected. The only thing that has basically been expected, I I lied, Uh, so it's the steals being up, the fact that he's running around the bases more, that I actually think was expected to a degree, and the fact that he still strikes out a a decent amount so you know but still that's that's basically the whole thing guys I just thought that it was possible that Meyer struggled and I just love seeing him at the plate even when he's down at 0-2 counts he doesn't look afraid he's not chasing after stuff are there some pitches where I'm like man could you just settle for a single on that one you were really trying to lift that ball out of the park but even still he's been really good and I just love how confident he looks at the plate it looks like the change in batting stance really seems to have done him some favors so Meyer's a little bit above expectations, I'm not going to lie. I thought he was going to revert to maybe a 240-type hitter this year and still be, hopefully, an effective player. Maybe the walk percentage is something that I might have been expected to go up, but the fact that he's not chasing pitches too much as he used to, uh, above expectations so far. Granted, small sample size, but still. So shout-out to Will Mai, the baseball guy, uh, just being great from the get-go. Very consistent, very consistent player. And then lastly, I want to talk about this category people probably don't want me to talk about the most, which is a player performing below expectations. And that is the easiest one so far. If I wanted to be kind of a hipster, I could have maybe said Blake Snell. I could have said Blake Snell. That could have been a a frisky pick. And the type that is used to garner headlines and whatnot. And you know me, guys. I try not to be too hyperbolic on here. But anyway, uh, the pick has to be Tommy Pham here. Tommy Pham has been atrocious. So far this year, it has been much discussed. He is batting 182 with a 313 on base, which is still impressive and pretty good. And a, oh my god, a, not even a wet fart. This is a oof. Oof, slugging percentage of 197. That is real, real bad. And you guys might have known, preseason, in spring training, there was a point in which Tommy Pham had been 11 for 17. You know, he has a little bit of an eye issue. He got his contacts back, and it was just hitting the ball all over the place. Again, very good example of why spring training stats do not matter. Uh, Look at how great Tommy Pham was there, and he's been terrible here. And my expectations was heading into this year, I just talked about Will Myers before. And some people were saying, you know, Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers, he would get on me and be like, are we really expecting Eric Hosmer to be super good uh, this year? Are we expecting him to have two consecutive good years? You know, Hosmer has been good before, especially his last year with the Royals, but he always has been this every other year guy. When you look at his, uh, just go look up his baseball reference page. I remember just drafting him fantasy baseball. It would always be annoying where people are like, you know, it's every other year. So this will be the bad Hosmer. He can never follow it up. So was he going to replicate that? And was whether Will Myers was going to replicate what he did last year? Because it's very rare that a guy turning 29 uh, all of a sudden figures it out considering how long he had been in the league. 
And I expected my counter to that was Tommy Pham, I think, is going to make up for that. Tommy Pham was supposed to be awesome last year and kind of had the year from L, gets hurt, but even still has some really good moments in the playoffs, hitting the ball around the place, getting some stolen bases and stuff, just doing Tommy Pham things, being the guy that opposing pitchers do not want to see when they're hoping to get through the lineup kind of quickly in a 1-2-3 inning. Just a guy you know is going to be tough at bat. So I was expecting a lot from him, and he's been terrible so far this year, striking out with the bases loaded twice in Pirates series of all series, which felt like the type of series that he was finally going to rake against some Pirates pitching. That didn't happen. Just really bad moments all around, not coming up with big hits until recently when he had that really great uh, double against the Dodgers. Like He'd slowly been coming back, and now he's hurt. So hopefully he's back in the lineup totally. It sounds like he's going to be fine, but very below expectations. Now, the good thing is this. Literally go Google him on StatCast. Nearly every one of his metrics is in the red when you go look at a six, except for something like his defense, which is middle of the pack, which is the thing I expect about Tommy Pham. Not an elite defender, not a minus, like Will Myers, who's been fine so far, but not like a Will Myers or anything like that, but definitely not a plus, which is why Grisham is so important, by the way. Uh, Just everything seems solid. And let me tell you, when I see him at the plate, he still has a really, really good eye. He lays off some biting stuff from really good pitchers, like the Dodgers pitches from Bueller and Kershaw. Like, he can hang in there, so... I'm just hoping that something like his Babbitt, which he's been unlucky, he's in the, like, I'm on, like, the the 30th or something like that, like, around 24, 25 lowest Babbitt in the league. It's actually 231 to be exact, so it's not, like, obscenely low at, like, 190, which it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, It was among the four worst in all of baseball at one point, but I'm expecting that to go up, but I have to admit it's been really bad so far, but... Uh, I do think that you have to also, which is part of why he's in the underperformer for me, is the fact that you look at the rest of his career, I don't think he's going to match like the 1,000 OPS uh, half season that he had with the Tampa Bay Rays, or even necessarily something like what he had with the Cardinals his first year when he had an OPS of 931, was absolutely astounding, 306 average, 411 on base. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to average that, but my expectations is like a 280, 350, 360 guy in terms of batting average on base, and he has been falling well below expectations of that. You still got to have hope, but man, Tommy Pham, you're letting me down, my man. He has not reclaimed his warlock status from the early days of this podcast for sure. And guys, I ended up talking about these uh, expectations versus reality for a lot longer than I thought. Thankfully, uh, my chat with Arab isn't super long. But before we get into that, guys, I need to talk to you about something new, something interesting, and that's sports trade. Have you guys heard of it before? Well, if you haven't, let me tell you about it. Sports Trade takes fancy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, I guess, if that's what you've been into. If you're all about the stocks and the stocks and all that stuff, well, here you go, guys. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added the baseball to the platform. So check it out today, the baseball. So they just added baseball is what I mean. Making money with sports trade is as simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old supply and demand baby let me tell you the more demand a player has the higher their value goes so obviously like a mike trout probably his value is going to be through the roof when you're ready to buy shares pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer 
instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rises. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. And now, guys, let me talk to you about 1010 real quick. A capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. It is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. That's right, see what they did there? Uh, rings shirt to bring joy into that special someone's life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or just a conversation piece or a gift. Uh, the perfect way to bring joy into someone's life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight. And they're fairly priced, so you can give somebody something special at a reasonable price that's truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that someone will treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, though, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Guys, that's enough out of me. I've been talking for way too long. Let's talk to Aram. Absolutely, man. And speaking of just... I don't know, this is not the, my greatest transition to the world. I'm a little distracted right now. But just speaking of kind of other prospects and rookie guys who are making an impact right now, um, I just figured might as well ask you, you know, some others. Because, you know, being the merciful ruler that I am, I figured let me let uh, Arab talk about the Barlows a little bit. Trevor Rogers, a guy that you were, were really high on, uh, has been better. I mean, Ryan Weathers has been the, the Padres, obviously, extra you know, breakout star this year in a lot of ways, but Trevor Rogers, low key, just an incredible fastball coming from this guy. So talk about Trevor Rogers for a bit. Uh, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it just this once uh, for some Marlins talk, a team that honestly, in all, in all actuality, in all seriousness, I think is a really fun team. Um, talk about Trevor Rogers and just talk about any other rookies you think have been impressive um, so far, just, you know, less than a month into the season. Yeah. It's funny when, when locked on gave us that, you know, assignment of like, you know, give your bold prediction for the season uh, mm-hmm. for your team that you cover. And uh, my, my Marlins bold prediction was Trevor Rogers would win rookie of the year, or at least be a finalist for rookie of the year. And uh, you know, people laughed and and I get it. Like I, I almost didn't even do it. Cause I was like, okay, people are just going to think I'm just being ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I, I really did believe it because when you have, like you mentioned the fastball that Trevor Rogers has, as your bread and butter that you can just go to a fastball a majority of the time and still get guys to swing and miss at it. You're going to have success, especially when your second best out pitch is a changeup. I mean, he has just been unhittable this season. I mean, the fastball, he throws 63% of the time. He's mm-hmm. also a guy similar to weathers that saw an uptick in stuff in the last year or so. So seeing that uptick in stuff has just helped him immensely because he was a guy that always thrived on deception He's tall. He's lanky. He throws like three quarters. They call him like the baby unit because of the way he throws, (laughs) you know, it's just like he throws so like just uniquely weird and just it's hard to pick up. So now it runs up to 98 and it's getting in on you so quickly, high spin rates, and it just explodes out of his hand. Opponents are hitting 175 off his fastball. He struck out 28 of 63 batters when he throws that heater. 
37% whiff rate. I mean, like that's ridiculous. And then the changeup is pretty much the same figures right across the board, 160 batting average. And I mean, he's just carving up everybody, a 1.29 ERA. He's just kept everybody in check. And it's been a lot of fun to watch because, you know, this Marlins team, especially now with, with a couple guys hurt, uh, it's very offensively challenged. So w- when you have some guys in there that can keep you in the ball game every single time, Trevor Rogers has now beat Jacob deGrom and he's now beat Corbin Burns. Uh, it, it, it's, yeah. it's becoming very real that this guy is a legitimate starting pitcher uh, and a frontline potential starting pitcher for this ball club. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. When I look across, you know, the, the rest of the league rookies that are impressing, of course, I got to mention one more Marlon. It's Jazz Chisholm. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. And, I, you know, the fact that uh, we know that the rookie of the month in the NL is going to be a Marlin and we don't know which it is like, that's exciting. But also <laughs> just across the game, I've been super impressed with Dylan Carlson and heading into this year. I, I really thought Dylan Carlson was going to make those strides. And I'm glad that he has uh, because he is a really exciting player, like plus speed. Uh, he has above average power from both sides of the plate. Uh, he just is, is fun to watch and, I'm really glad to see his power start to translate as well. But you know I have to plug my man, Yerman Mercedes, who um, yes. was my my prediction last year. So, <laughs> and so my predictions are, are pretty hot right now. I, I got to pat yeah, myself you're on You're on fire. <laughs> yeah, I, the only reason I got to acknowledge it is because, like, I'm going to hit a wall, right? right? And I'm going to start just saying mm-hmm. stuff that's all wrong. So I got to, like, enjoy <laughs> it while I can. I, I was objectively – I was super high on Ryan Mountcastle, and he's made me look bad this year. Um, Mountcastle yeah. has really struggled. He's hitting a buck seventy-one, uh, mm-hmm. but like you know, you win some, you lose some. Mercedes, I played that snippet uh, recently again. Um, mm-hmm. I, took I saw that. Lap of like, yeah, like <laughs> so he, he's he's for real. Is he going to hit mm-hmm. four twenty-nine? No way. But what I love about Mercedes and what I said a year ago almost is that, or I guess seven months ago, uh, is that his approach is so unorthodox but actually works so well for him that I think it's it's something that is so refreshing to see in today's game you have somebody Mm -hmm. that takes his hacks early in the count he's got four home runs he's got power he's hit he hit about 485 feet which again in that podcast I was like why in the world are they giving Yerman Mercedes 45 grade power like this guy's got juice and he showed it now like that was a ridiculously low grade on him but the cool mm-hmm. thing that he does is with two strikes, he spreads out, he chokes up, and he just throws his hands at the ball. And then he doesn't strike out. <laughs> like He's so contact-oriented yeah. with two strikes. And that's what we're missing in today's game big time. And he's so refreshing. And not everybody can do that. I get that. But there's definitely guys that can do that, that just to elect to take the big half two strikes. Well, mm-hmm. take a note out of Yerman Mercedes' book because he's hitting 429. He's only struck out six times in 70 at-bats or 11 times in 70 at-bats, excuse me, and uh, he's got four home runs. So I think that's got to be something that you look at and you're like, okay, this guy can start to revolutionize the game a little bit uh, and get people to be more contact-oriented, at least a little bit, when in the right spots. Because uh, you hear across baseball so much now that you know there's not enough balls in play and whatever that is. And hopefully Yerman Mercedes can start a trend uh, to, to help the game so they don't do some stupid stuff like move the mound back or whatever the hell else they want to experiment <laughs> that way. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. 
Hey guys, um, 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 I'm talking to you about Built Bar now, the best tasting protein bar ever. You know, the variety of Built Bar flavors is one of my favorite things about them. Not only are they just 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew, but there's all sorts of flavors for you, depending on whatever your taste buds are feeling at the moment. You got carrot cake, apple almond curse, lemon almond cheesecake, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. See, I can't even say all the flavors. That's many they are. And definitely check out things like birthday cake. They're, they're raspberry shortcake flavor and the, the the what is it coconut brownie chuck i always forget the name of it for some reason despite the fact that it won the best flavor as voted by fans and all that stuff it's really good guys and of course like i said they are protein bars and that means they are healthy they're perfect for the health conscious guy or gal great for the keto diet thanks to high fiber high protein low sugar and a low amount of calories so what are you waiting for go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, and I, I have to also add on to your your uh, Mercedes take, which I, here, here's what I'll say. I was impressed. The clip, everybody go look at it. I don't know if it's pinned to your profile yet. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not. Been, it's, it's been not. excellent. <laughs> it's been excellent. But, but I did a recent I was episode. Impressed. Yeah. I was impressed with um, you also got the the kind of intangible thing, right? Where you're saying, like, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards this guy. And he's been, like, one of the stories, exciting players that everybody's talking about. I would actually say he's probably the most excited player on that White Sox team right now. Like, everybody's yeah, – Which is which crazy because that's a team that's a filled with – Yeah, it's a super hype team. I mean, that's that's filled with Abreu. You've got Tim Anderson, who I know was hurt for a bit. Giolito, who got absolutely torched the other day, by the way. Oh, my God. By he by Boston, um, he just yeah, decides, he just has that he sometimes. Decides he doesn't want to get people out like every every like, <laughs> ten starts. <laughs> He'll just have a start like that, right? And then he throws um, a no hitter. Yeah, then he throws a no hitter. Um, and then you have Rodon's no hitter last week. So a lot of excitement from the White Sox camp. And yeah, with Trevor Rogers, do I have him in our dynasty uh, league? Maybe, uh, maybe. Do I maybe have him to- for a dollar? Maybe. Yeah. For context, <laughs> for context. Yeah. I, I've been trying to trade for Trevor Rogers from you since before the season started and you're just That's holding true. him hostage and he's just become more valuable by day. It's like, it's like you took, oh like you God. seized a bank and then you just found out that one of the hostages is like the son of, <laughs> of the yeah. president or the son of the king. <laughs> and now you just, your, your hostages became that much more valuable. Like that's just what happened to me. So yeah, I gave up. I gave up on on going to get Trevor Rogers. Um, you know, I'm just. Gonna... It's also a points league, so pitchers can sometimes be worth a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really mad, and it's it, it's insane. I, did I intend to draft him? Not totally. I remember. I don't even know if I was in the draft room when I had him. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, I, I do no, remember I like no money left. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> that's another thing about our draft. Everyone went crazy. The first bunch of picks, like we had Acuna going for eighty-two dollars or whatever it was, and my highest-paid player is Lindor at like thirty-three, which I, you know, still feel good about Puerto Rican power. I'm excited. He'll he'll start getting it I, going soon. I dropped a seventy bomb on uh, Mike Trout. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> that's right. He's he's blank. He's blank check right. Like that's the kind of yeah. that's the kind of guy that um y- y- you put a blank check for. But also, I wanted to highlight. One more guy that I've been really impressed with too is that one uh, more go for it. Um, Paven Smith. Mm. I, I like Paven Smith. Um, I will say that, and, and for context, first baseman with the D backs uh, can also play a little bit of corner outfield if you want to get a little, a little adventurous. But uh, Paven Smith is, is 
very, very good at just putting the bat on the ball as well. And that's always refreshing to see. Uh, but as, as a corner guy, first base or potentially corner outfield, I'd like to see a bit more power. He's probably going to stick at first base. The power is the question, but the hit tool is really starting to translate to the major leagues. And um, I, I always like seeing guys that can kind of show that they have the hit tool and then try to translate, you know, the power later on. Um, and, and as I'm talking about him, I, that, the hit tool, I was thinking hit tool. I just made the connection in my head to Luis Camposano. And I wanted to just put a little disclaimer out uh, on Camposano before uh, I forget. Don't right. worry about that guy. Like Sam, please, Sam, please don't worry about Luis Camposano. I've been saying that too. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like it might seem like I'm eternally optimistic on like every Padres prospect. Uh, <laughs> just wait. Like th- there'll be some guys I'm not as, as, as hyped on. But like Camposano is is one of my favorite catching prospects. The reality is, and I usually do um, applaud a lot of the moves that the Padres make, and I, and I get that they really just needed somebody to anchor, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to kind of complement Caratini in the meantime until you wait for Nola to get back. Yeah. But Camposano, it's it's almost not even fair to him at this point. Like he he's not, yeah. and I'm sure he doesn't care because he's getting paid, and you know, it kind of starts his his clock for eventually getting pension and all that good stuff. But like. From a baseball standpoint, the guy had hardly played like like it was like two thirds of a season in, in high A. So it's like, yeah, th- this guy was not ready, and that's fine. But like, mm-hmm. he is somebody that is a high end hit tool guy for a catcher with power, and that's not what you're seeing now because he's getting thrown into the major leagues. But don't let it change your perspective on this guy. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that is going to hit for average and power, and he's a rare combination of the two. Uh, but what I do think is really good is that he's getting a lot of experience defensively. And if he becomes a, an average to a, or even above average defender, then all of a sudden you're looking at potentially a guy that could be one of the better catchers in the game. So there, there's some pros to it. But from an offensive standpoint, like when I see them pinch at Camposano, I'm like, God damn it. Sam, like, Sam, like, come on, just go bring in Marcano or something like yeah, I, I'm else. always it's just he's not ready. And I've he's been saying ready. the same thing, too. I'm not concerned. You can like tell. Like you really can tell when you see him behind and counts immediately on hey, like, like fastballs down the middle. Yeah, he's starting 0-2 all the time, and pitchers know. Like pitchers know he's not like totally ready, and I'm genuinely not concerned either. And not to yeah. mention, we talked about this before. Catching prospects, I feel it can be weird. There's like a weird track record of sometimes them taking a long time to adjust and adjust defensively and whatnot. So catchers like that one position where I, I'm just like, look. Whatever you could give us, I appreciate it. And right now, Campizano, it's just because, you know, with the injury to Nola, who I remember at one point they said was going to be maybe back, not opening day, but the day after. I remember that yeah, being yeah. said somewhere. And I'm just like, okay, so once again, Arab, this is this is what I've been talking about a lot lately on the pod, where I'm not upset that the Padres, when they lose games, I've been upset with their weird handling and communication of injuries uh with it whether it be lament and then adrian mortahone's got the acl that that or that not the acl the tommy john surgery and that that was why i was gonna have make this originally it was gonna be a therapy session of just be yeah well, venting and being out. like what's going, going on better everything yeah everything's going, going better. better they just beat the dodgers man yeah um, so honestly i think campusano is gonna go to double a or or wherever mm-hmm. they start him i'm assuming double a and i bet mm-hmm. you he torches it I bet you he mm-hmm. torches it. i bet you it's gonna look like a beach ball when he gets there so you know <laughs> there might be something good that comes out of it but I do feel for the guy right now. Yeah, he's struggling. Um, but I guess that is well that and the wise words of Joe Girardi oftentimes after press conferences, that's baseball, man. That's that's that's, that's baseball. Uh so Arab, it's been a blast talking to you. As per usual, 
got all this type of cool stuff in the pipeline. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next on your podcasts. And yeah, keep it up with the Padres. I really appreciate it. And congrats on your your Marlins having low key a really fun pitching staff, by the way. Yeah, it's really good. low key, really Just fun pitching. Wait for six though. Wait yes. for six to come back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man. So, uh, yeah. Until then, uh, take care, man. Thank you as always. And zip zappy do that, everybody. That is a wrap for an episode that honestly was a lot longer than I intended it to be. But before we wrap things up totally, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, like I said, longer than I expected my initial segment that I did by myself. Uh, And this is what happens sometimes, guys. When I've been talking to people basically all week, uh, I get kind of, you know, it's been a while since I did a segment, I guess, bit talking about the team, giving my thoughts that isn't just based off of a game recap. So that went a little bit longer, uh, but still, hopefully you guys are enjoying the extra content you're getting here. In terms of the future of the pod, remember, I got a locker room going this Saturday that you guys should definitely tune into. Download the app. I am on there. Uh, my at name is Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S. Just find me on there, add me, and you'll get a notification when I go live. 8.40 p.m. Eastern time for the Giants game at the beginning. Ben Kaspik is probably going to hop on to of Lockdown Giants. That should be a lot of fun. He is the locker room king, ladies and gentlemen. And then for next week, hoping to get some fun extra guests on there as well as we take on some other fun teams like the Pirates. And oh, no, I was wrong. We played the Giants right after. I thought we played Colorado next week right after the, the Giants. So my mistake. Uh, so yeah, we'll be talking to uh, hopefully maybe Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates. Like I said, I've got some other special surprise mystery guests that I'm working on acquiring or something like that. And then for Monday, going to be a huge pod probably because I'll be recapping this whole San Francisco series. A series that's important as San Francisco currently has the best record in the National League. I don't think that's going to keep up, but bottom line is they've been playing well. So this is a very important series and I can't Cannot wait to watch it. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. And if you guys don't mind, if you'd send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app, I'd greatly appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.